Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ. And this is Dan Spade. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets where we open up the Old Testament. We move through the narrative and the text and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, if you're listening Listening to this on the Heart and Heads podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, if this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want, I want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, take, will take you to PayPal, and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us. Okay, let's, uh, let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have to, again, to sit down with your word and, and uh, navigate through your word. And we ask, Father, for your, your guidance, your blessing. We ask, Father, for your help as we, uh, uh, as we strive to understand the things that are going on here. We pray, Father, that as, as we study them, and as we learn them, that you'll give us the courage to, to really look at them in a, in, a, in a way where we can apply these, these principles to our lives. We pray for all of our listeners. We pray, Father, that you be with them in their in their individual lives and how they're what's going on with them, and we pray, Father, that you'd help them to uh, uh, to make uh, wise choices and better decisions as they as they strive to follow you. Thank you, Father, for the opportunities. Thank you for loving us, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're we're continuing uh, Balak's quest to have the israelites cursed mm -hmm. and you know one of one of the things we, and we haven't we haven't really talked about it a little bit but if you look at all these curses because we're in his we're in like the third or uh, about to be in the fourth curse if you look at all these curses it's kind of strange that in this book of abject rebellion where the israelites have consistently looked at god and said i don't trust you i don't trust what you're doing you know, we can't rely on you. We need to go back to Egypt, right? That, that's the essence of their rebellion. And yet God is continually blessing them. I mean, think about it. The Israelites have no idea this is going on. Mm -hmm. These people are, are up on this, this high place looking down at this camp. And those people down there have no idea that the, the enemy is over here trying to hurl, you know, just absolute destruction on them. Mm -hmm. And they're totally ignorant of it. It makes me think. What are we ignorant of that God is out here protecting us from? And then we have the audacity to get upset, get angry, get ticked off at him like he's doing something wrong. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. You know, I, I think I, I think on two fronts. I think if we knew what was going on from Satan's perspective and what he's doing, I think it would absolutely scare the bejeebers out of us. Mm. But I also think, on the other hand, if we, if we, under, if we really knew... What what efforts God is doing in our lives, and what it means from from all that that spirit realm, and what He's doing with angels and the Holy Spirit and the Son and the Father, I think we would absolutely live our lives different. Mm. We would be so much more confident, have so much more peace of mind. You know, if we really knew, if we really could see it. The only way we can see it is from the book. It's the only way we can see it, yeah. and we don't read it enough. We don't study it enough. Uh, I told my 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 Wednesday night class we're studying the book of Hebrews, and I told them they have one assignment: read chapter one. 
read chapter one. Don't read chapter two, read chapter one. And I said, read it every week. And when we get out of chapter one, then you can start reading chapter two. But don't read chapter two, read chapter one. And I said, one thing you're going to find is when you get through, you're going to know without a doubt what's in chapter one. You will know what he says That's when he talks about you know, him being elevated to the, to the place of prominence and being given the, the name of Lord and Son. You, you'll know that's in there. And, but we don't know that because we don't read the book enough. Right. So how are we going to know what Satan's doing? And I'm reading that book, Spiritual Warfare book. And about, you know, it's amazing how, how that guy points out how much, how much control we allow Satan to have when we don't clean up parts of our house. That's right. And we let him get a toehold in one area of our lives. That's right. And then he can start to infect and affect all the rest of the place. And I think I think we don't have a clue sometimes. We really don't. Um, you know, and, and, you know, how God's working with these people, he has a plan. We look at it and say, just snuff them out. Right. Be done. You know, but that's not his plan. No. We just don't understand any of this, and and all we have, like I said, is the book and, and our understanding of what little understanding we can have. But we all we got to do is pray to God and say, God, help me to understand some of this. Help me to understand what I need to understand so that I can keep functioning in the way you need me to be. You know, and I think we don't do that enough. Well, and I think often what gets in our way of doing that is our own selfish interest and desire. Sure. And you know, I say that, and and what I mean by that is this: I want things my way. Mm-hmm. I want things to go my way. I want the things I want. I want them right now. You know, and as long as that is our motive, as long as as that is how we interact with the world and what we do, well, there's there you're going to have problems. Well, you're going to you know, have problems with Balaam. You know, you know, Balaam has, has disobeyed completely what God said to do. Disobeyed. And yet he's right. still using him. He is using him on different fronts. He's going to teach Balaam something. He's teaching Balak something. He's teaching Israel something. You know, he, these next ones, you know, ba- Balak's really not going to like the next, the next four of them. Well, he doesn't like this one, right? So no. he just finished verse 3. He just said, hey, you know, I'm going to, uh, you need to curse these guys. And, and Balaam just got done again. Uh, blessing Israel. And then Balak in verse 10 of Numbers, was this Numbers yeah. 24? Mm-hmm. In verse 10, Balak's anger burned against Balaam. He struck his hands together and said to him, I summoned you to curse my enemies, but you have blessed them these three times. Yeah. Now leave it. Well, I'm done. Well, Finally, you know, we I'm talk, done. We talked about this last week because I remember <laughs> I went like this. I went, man, are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, he's got his teeth clenched. Like, but, but you know, Balaam doesn't have any choice. God's telling him what to say. Well, he's I, already told him that's what he's going to do. I, I think, you know, what's I think what we actually see is the spirit of the Lord is compelling. I, I I truly think that if Balaam was left to his own devices here, he'd. he'd oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I do. I think Absolutely. that, but I think God is is overriding it. Uh, what? Where is it? Where is it that we read? Uh, the spirit of the God came on in verse two in chapter twenty four. When Balaam looked out and saw Israel on camp tribe by tribe, the spirit of God came on him yeah. and he spoke his message. I mean, this is very similar. It's like the judges, right? That mm-hmm. we're we're eventually, Lord willing, going to get to judges, and when we do, we'll see the spirit of God come on these judges, and some of these judges do wicked, oh, horrible yeah. Yeah. things. Yeah. Understand that just because the spirit of God comes on someone doesn't mean God condones all well, of the things that they're think, doing. Think about it. You know, just because we have the spirit living in us doesn't mean that that we're going to be perfect, squeaky clean, you know, pristine all the time. Yeah, go read First Corinthians. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just you know, it's just it. You know, God God tells us if you say you have no sin, you're a liar. 
And the truth's not in you. Absolutely. But I thought I had the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm supposed to be perfect. No, you're not going to be perfect. You're not. You know, and, and here, this guy is far from perfect. Look at what he said. Balaam answered Balak. Did I not tell the messengers you sent me? Even if Balak gave me all the silver and gold in his palace, I could not do anything on my own accord, good or bad, to go beyond the command of the Lord. You know, he recognized that's because the Spirit's on top of him. I'm telling you, though, he's saying it like this. Yeah, but but he has, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, you walk into some, in the presence of somebody and you really don't like them very much mm-hmm. and you say nice things to them. You know, it's th- what he's saying is really phony. Yeah. Because we know what he wants. Yeah. He went back because he wants the money. So what he's saying is, you know, I told you I couldn't say anything. but And and he don't want to say that, but he doesn't have any choice because that's what because that's what the Spirit is te- commanding him to say. And he said, you know, to go beyond the command of the Lord. And I must say only what the Lord says. Now I'm going back to my people. But come, let me warn you of what these people will do to your people. He said, now I'm going to tell you what these people are going to do to you. Well, I think he's getting frustrated. Yeah. You know, I think I think at the, this point, like if I had to if I had to guess, like I'm, I'm trying to see this scene unfold, knowing Balaam's motivations, mm-hmm. knowing what he has done, how he has kind of gone astray here and, and what he's going to end up doing. So I, I know that whole story. And so I'm reading this with all of that kind of in mind. And I'm looking at this story and I'm going, what's going on here? Well, I think what's going on here is he's getting frustrated because he's it's like he's trying to tell Balak, just hold on, dude. Hold on. I'm going to give you what you want. All right. This isn't the way we're going to go about it, but just hold on. And now he's getting ticked because Balak isn't it. He's not understanding what's being laid down. Right. It's like, we're sitting at the table. We're both saying we want the same thing, but you're not meeting me there, right? And so I'm frustrated trying to figure out. So now Balaam's upset, and he said, fine, you, you're going to keep pushing on me? Here. Think, of, it from, think of another perspective, okay? Bala, Balaam has used sorcery, divination, whatever, mm-hmm. to do what he wants and to get things to get things to do what they want. Now he realizes, I can't do this. I'm oh, never going to be able to do this. Saying. yeah. God's got me. And words are coming out of my mouth. Not what I want to say, mm. but I can't do anything else. He's frustrated now because now he realizes God's got this. That's good. Perspe- that's good. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and I, you know, and I'm, and I, we've been in those situations before where you know that, you know, there's words coming out of your mouth, but you, you know, that's not what you want to say, but, God, but God's, God's making you say what you need to say. And it, and it's, you know, I look at this guy like this, and he said, and I'm going, I can I can almost sense him looking at this situation, and the words are coming out of his mouth, and now he realizes there's not going to be anything I can do anyway. I can't do anything here. I'm never going to get this money because I wanted it from the beginning, mm-hmm. and God said, go ahead. Go ahead. Go if that's it. what you want to do, go ahead and get it. <laughs> what God knows is you're never going to get it because I'm never going to let you get it. You're not going to get it. Let's see his fourth message. So okay. This is how he responds. Then he spoke this message. The prophecy. Now, notice now there is no sacrifice. No. He didn't take him over to this other no. place. No. So a point to your what, you, what you're seeing here. You you very well, this could be it because he's not offering any What does sacrifice. he know about sacrifice? You have to sacrifice to God to get what you want, right? So that's why he does it the first three times. Now he knows. See, I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to get it. I'm so not going to get it. Yeah. Okay. The prophecy of Balaam, son of Baor, the prophecy of one whose eyes see clearly. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. The prophecy of one who hears the words of God, who has knowledge from the Most High, who sees a vision from the Almighty and falls prostrate, whose eyes are open. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. He will crush the foreheads of Moab, the skulls of all the people of Sheph. 
Edom will be conquered. Seir, his enemy, will be conquered. But Israel will go strong. A ruler will come out of Jacob and destroy the, uh, the survivors of the city. Then okay. Balaam, he's not done. So this is... So this is but hold on. Hold on. In the first three, I, I went back while you were reading and looked at them. And one, he says, these guys are really a lot of them. Mm -hmm. All right? There's a lot of them. Then he says, and they're really powerful. And 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 then he said he says uh, in the in the second one he says uh, uh, that they, they no misfortune seen of Jake. He said these guys have been blessed by God. Okay, mm -hmm. and he said and then he turns and then here he says he says oh by the way I'm not talking about them anymore. Now I'm gonna talk about you. I'm gonna talk about what they are gonna do to you mm -hmm. because there's so many of them and they've been so blessed. This is what they're gonna do to you. That's right. And and the fourth and fifth one and the sixth and the seventh are gonna be like that. Yo, this is what they're going to do. Yeah. They're going to crush you. Well, what is, and what is, and understand what he's saying here. He's already said they're going to have a kingdom. He said this in the third one, right? Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. going to be a kingdom that comes from them. Their king is going to be greater than Agag. In other words, they, that they're going to, they're going to be prosperous. They're going to prosper. And then he says in this one, I see him, but now I behold him, but not near. Star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. This is, this is an individual and a star. This is talking about. When we start talking about stars in the ancient Near Eastern world mm -hmm. and, and the way these prophecies work, the stars were thought of, they were they were symbols for ancient kings, right? So they could be symbols for ancient kings, they could be symbols for spiritual powers and authorities mm -hmm. in the heavenly realms. They could be they could be either or, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because the kings wanted to be like those stars, right? So when he says a star will come out of Jacob, Jacob, a scepter will rise out of Israel, he's talking about a king, a future king that's going to come and displace all these nations. Mm -hmm. Now, in the short term, I think the prophecy we're looking at here is more in application to David. Yeah. But in the long term, Jesus. Yeah. I think that's. But I think I think about. I think it can it can be fulfilled two ways. Yeah. I think David on the short term because yeah. David's the one that's going to come and they're going and he's going to just just destroy the, these nations he's talking about. That's right. Jesus on the other hand is going to come and destroy the power of Satan who is those nations. That's right. In yeah, a absolutely. spiritual sense, he is the nations of Moab and Assyria and Babylon. He, it is Satan. He, it is. It is absolutely yes. When when your nation, when you start to see your nation kick against what what C.S. Lewis coined as the moral law, right? It's, it it's become satanic. It's become it, and the force behind that, the spiritual force behind that, is Satan. Absolutely, 100%. I like what, that book, The Spiritual Warfare. You know, to, to try to analyze where's the message coming from. Yeah. What is the message and where's it coming from? Who, who's really telling you this? Would the Holy Spirit tell you this or would Satan tell you this? You know, there's things that you have to analyze. Okay, where's it but coming from? How can from? you tell if you don't know the book? Well, you can't because that's what he said. Yeah. If you don't know the book, you have to, you have to, you have to, and he, and he qualifies it with scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture, yeah. you know, and, and, but you know, when you look at it and say, I never thought of that before to analyze what's being, what you're thinking, this is okay. There's nothing wrong with this. I'll only do it once. And and then I'll be I'll be I'll ask for forgiveness and God will forgive me because he loves me. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. And that's Satan talking. Oh yeah. God wouldn't tell me to do something evil. No. You know, that's that's coming from Satan. That's that demon saying, you know, you know, and, and you know, when you look at this and he says, he says, These, this guy's gonna come and destroy you. The fifth message is Amalek was the first among the nations, but their end will be utter destruction. Well, that's the Amalekites. Mm -hmm. You know? And and it doesn't Saul come along and, and, and David both don't they don't they eat up the Amalekites 
Isn't that what happened? Well, the Amalekites and the Amalekites and Saul's own greed ended up being a stumbling block. That for was Saul. his. Yeah. Yeah. But David comes along later, and eventually, mm-hmm. you know, God has His way with the Am- the Amalekites through David. I think. I don't know exactly where that is, but I, but you know, and so I mean, he's telling prophecy. He's telling prophecy not only about this guy's nation, but about other nations. Well, too. these are all the nations that Israel is going to displace. Yeah. Right. And then he says in his sixth message, then he saw the Kenites and spoke his message. Your dwelling place is secure. Your nest is set in a rock. Yet you Kenites will be destroyed when Asher takes you captive. Then he spoke. Notice he's not given Balak any time anymore. No. Then he spoke his message. Alas, who can live when God does this? Ships will come from the shores of Cyprus. They will subdue Asher and Eber, but but they too will come to ruin. Then Balak got up and went home, and Balak went on his way. So that was the end of it, right? No. See, the text doesn't include the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. Okay. It doesn't include the conversation that occurs later. But let's see what happens, right? Let's jump into 25 and see okay. what happens, okay. okay? While Israel was staying in Shittim, the men began to indulge in sexual immorality with Moabite women, who invited them to the sacrifices to their gods. The people ate the sacrificial meal and bowed down before these gods. So Israel yoked themselves to the Baal of Peor, and the Lord's anger burned against them. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> huh. Now, it doesn't say anything in here, but where did these Moabites, I guess I guess what must have happened, Dan, is these Moabite women, they just didn't know any better. And they were just, they're just so welcoming. And the Israelites, they should have known better. You know, they knew what was right. They knew what was wrong. And they, and they you know, really what it, these Israelites took advantage of these Moabites women. It's all the Israelites' fault, right? Mm-hmm. Satan didn't have a scheme and a plan here. No. You know, surely nobody would do that. It sounds like what we hear people say today. Yeah. You mean Christians with you just telling all these people that they're wrong? Stop judging people. Mm-hmm. And that sound like Satan? Yeah. Check it out in 2 Peter chapter 2. So we can see behind what's going on here. This is 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 15, when talking about false prophets. Prophets that are led by their greed, by their immorality, that are led by their own desires, their willfulness, and the certainty of their punishment. Peter says this, They have left the straight way and wandered off to follow the way of Balaam, son of Bezer, who loved the wages of wickedness. But he was rebuked for his wrongdoing by a donking an animal without speech, who spoke with a human voice and restrained the prophet's madness. Uh, Let's look. There's another text here. Ah, sorry, Numbers. Sorry, go to Numbers, not 2 Peter. Sorry, Numbers 31. I apologize. We looked at that 2 Peter text last time. That's the, uh, this this Balaam, that 2 Peter text is, hey, he was led off by his own desires. But being led off by his own desires, look at Numbers chapter 31. Look at Numbers 31. 16. This is verse, starting in uh, 15, mm-hmm. Okay. Have you allowed all the women to live? This is another case of sexual morality, right? Mm-hmm. He asked them, they were the ones who followed Balaam's advice and enticed the Israelites to be unfaithful to the Lord in the Peor incident so that a plague struck the Lord's people. Now kill all the boys and kill every woman who has slept with a man, but save for yourselves every girl who has never slept with a man. God takes sexual morality very seriously. Yeah. yeah. But look at what Balaam did. He went and convinced them. Come, come back to the Numbers passage. It's not here. 
But in Numbers 31, it gets commented on. It gets reflected on. Balaam didn't just get up and return home and Balak went on his way. Balaam explained to Balak, you want the Israelites destroyed? I'm not going to get God to curse them on his own. But if they disobey him, then he'll be, he won't have a choice. He'll have to punish them. So this is what you do. You get all these women and you send them in to the camp and have them sleep and entice all the men. Cool. Does this not sound like what's happening today? They've got they've got an undercover journalist who went and talked to the people that run that Pornhub website. Mm-hmm. They went and talked to them, and guess what that guy said? He said, "Yeah, we've been trying to change the sexuality of of uh, the people in the West for a long time. That's why we're putting all these all these transsexuals in porn now. If you didn't know that was going on, now you do." That's what they're doing. Why? Because they'll stand up and they'll say all day, every day, oh, well, this is the way I was born. But they know that's nonsense. They know that's not true. Because they've known for a very long time that you can change people's sexual attractions and desires by putting things in front of them. They've known that for a long time. They knew it then. They knew it then. This is an old game for Satan. Yeah. This is an old game. And so then what ends up happening? Now, now where look at the madness where we were at when we go down that road. Now we have we think it's okay for men to box women. Yeah. Hello? We're now it's okay. Now it's a good thing to cut off a little boy's penis. Mm-hmm. Because he thinks he's well, I, I like to put on a dress. So then his parents go, Oh, well, you must be a girl. Really? Every Halloween, Dan, did you know that all of these people, the, the firefighter population explodes? <laughs> you, you know, it, it's, it's amazing how, how uh, infantile we are. We really are. I mean, look at, I mean, you look at this and you look, you know, it's obvious from that verse. And if, you, if you're reading over here in 25, you, uh, or right at the end of 24, you ought to have a note to, to 3116. You really, yeah. At the end right there, because it doesn't say they just went off and left. You have to go to 3116 to find out that Balaam had a powwow with Balak. That's right. That's and, right. You know, he had a powwow of some kind with Balak because you know it here. You know it. Because he said, he said they were the ones who followed Balaam's advice. He hadn't given any advice here. Not yet. He had, the only advice he's given is he's, he's telling the message of what God said is going to happen. That's right. The advice he gives is, you want to know how to do this? Let me tell you how. Yeah, it's not. I'm, I'm not going to be able to divine this. I'm not going to be able to, to get a curse on them. That because that's I wonder how God much he got for this little tidbit of advice. Oh, oh, I'll tell you what he eventually gets for it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah he's he's gonna he's gonna come to uh, he'll come to his judgment. The Israelites will eventually put him to the sword as well. But you know, we look at this stuff and we. You know, as Christians, we have we have this idea that we're not allowed to push back, mm-hmm. that we're not allowed that this that the gospel that we live under is the gospel of kindness. Go back and really study Jesus again. Tell me how nice Jesus was. He wasn't when he, he told wasn't. the Pharisees that they were whitewashed tombs. Yeah, filled filled with old dead men, men, dead men's bones. Dead men's That's bones. right, dead men's bones. You know, Jesus called out hypocrisy when he saw hey, he it. He called it to their face too. He didn't go behind their back. He, he went to their face. No. And in church, I think we have a different idea. I think the world tries to convince us that those of us who stand up and speak the truth and say, hey, this is wrong. We can't do this. That those people are Pharisees. Mm. Those people aren't Pharisees. Okay. That's not Pharisaical. It's never, it's never been Pharisaical to stand up and speak truth, to say this stuff is wrong. Now, it would be Pharisaical to say, 
about things God never said was wrong. Oh, well, that's that all that stuff is wrong. You can't do that. If you do that stuff, you got to be real careful because there's nothing in the book. I'll give you a real, a real simple example. What ought people to wear to church? Mm-hmm. It would be pharisaical to say, well, if you're not dressed to the best, if you're not dressed to the nines, that's sin. There's nowhere in the book that says that. I know, but you, you even back from the, in the 1940s and 50s, people had their Sunday go-to-meeting clothes. Now, look, you know? there's nothing wrong with the spirit that says, don't misunderstand, there's nothing wrong with the spirit that says, I want to bring my best to God. Sure. Hey, amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. But that shouldn't that shouldn't prohibit you. Mm-hmm. That shouldn't inhibit you. That... that that does not happen here. No, no. But no. I know there are places it does. And I, I feel like we've come to a place in the church where that's a very benign example I can use. I, right? I, I know, but so there may be there, there you know, I was told one time at a place I preached, a little church I preached, and I decided not to wear a jacket. Mm-hmm. Preaching in the evening, very small crowd there that decided and and uh, and and I was told by somebody, you really need to have your jacket on. Sure. And I did from then on. Yeah. I, I did, you know, but that was the mindset that that individual had when we're with a position I was in yeah. that I should have a jacket on. OK, I, I put a jacket on. So and again, there's a difference between. And I respected that lady for that. A- absolutely. Look, I, look, I've got some I've got some really loving, sweet little sisters who sit on the back pews who would be just who would likely be offended if I wasn't wearing a suit and tie on Sunday. Yeah. Okay. And that, I'm not talking about that. Okay. That's not what, no. that's what I'm talking about. Okay. I, as a, as the professional, I should want to show up sure. to my job professionally. Sure. And there's a difference between wisdom and then looking at someone who may not have the money, mm-hmm. who may not have the clothing, who may not understand or be on the in crowd or understand our little traditions and stuff, and who just shows up and then gets told, well, you're not dressed good enough for God. Yeah. Yeah. There's, they're, they're, those are vastly different those things, are vastly right? Different. So what I'm pointing out is being pharisaical is holding people to a standard that God does not hold them to. Being pharisaical, really, what it ultimately means is having your own standard and holding people to that standard. But but Balaam here has uh, has tried has figured out a way to get what he wants in mm-hmm. spite of what God says. Typical. That's exactly what people. You know, I mean, we've talked about it before. The choices we make. We talked about it last week. And it's a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so important. But the person I'm worried, I'm I'm thinking of, is a person that's watching. That knows that they, we talked about last week about making choices, making mm-hmm. right choices. Absolutely. And, and deciding, I want this even though God says hey, you should not do this. I understand. Yeah. You know, God has told Balaam through seven, he's told Balak and he's told it through Balaam. This is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get what you want. So what does Balaam do? I'll go on, I'll do an end run. That's what we do. Yeah. I don't, I don't really want, I, I want this. God says no. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do an end run. I'm going to go around the back, and I'll come in a different way, and God won't see me coming. Are you kidding me? Oh yeah, God's always going to see it. The the point is is that it the best the best course of action is do what God says. Sure. Learn what He says to do, and then do what He says, and and you won't have a problem. If Balaam had just went home, if he just went home, he said, "God, you're right. I was wrong. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me." And everything's okay. But we find out in thirty one. That he's been given his advice, and now what have they done? You know, what does it say? Moab seduces Israel. That's right. Well, how are you going to seduce Israel? 
You seduce their women. You seduce their men. You said the women come. You, you, it's not as easy to seduce the women as it is to seduce the men. Mm. How many women do you know that would be easily seduced today? I'm not. I'm talking about <laughs> adult women that we know. Uh, well, I mean, again, I think in this culture, it's. I think this this Israel is very similar to our culture today, and I think it's quite easy. Okay. I think they could. I think. I think my personal opinion would be it's quite easy to entice both the men I, and women. In I this tell you what. Today. I think I know men more men than women mm-hmm. that if Satan really jumped on them, they really if, if it was a if it was a a, a concentrated effort, uh-huh. I think I think he, they could seduce some of them. You know, I mean, we we got a phone call back back in the day, back years ago, warning us that there was a woman going around from church to church, mm-hmm. seducing ministers. Mm-hmm. No, you you stand in front of the mirror and say, "Can't be done to me. Can't be done to me." Well, wait a minute. You said you said it's, in our culture it's easy to. I think it's more it's easier to do men than it is to do women. All right, well, and that's why the women come along and seduce the men here. I think that's why we have two different generations sitting at this table. Well, you're probably right. I, I've seen enough. I've seen enough videos and enough podcasts of of the women, the lineal and under. Uh-huh. Nah. It, well, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's it's easy to go. I'm looking at it from a different from a different time frame. Yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm just different. You know, it, it just it just seems to me like it, it it's. But you know, when you look at this and said they said and and it says that and the Lord's anger burned against him. That's exactly what Balak wanted. Well, and so really, that we've got two things then in this passage, and mm-hmm. I, and I think you hit the nail on the head with the first one. We need to be a people who who know what God has said and then focus on doing that thing, mm-hmm. laying ourselves aside. Right. Not pursuing our own self and being honest. Like, why do I really want this thing? I think that's that's a big part of it. Do I want this thing for I mean, James points this out right in his letter. He talks about in in chapter four, you know, you pray for why you ask for things and you don't get them. Why? Because you want to use them on your own selfish desires. Right. Well, this is the same thing with Balaam. Right. So I think knowing why being honest with ourselves, like really looking at it and going, hey, I want this thing. Why do I want this thing? Maybe I need to talk more about to God about what I want. And maybe I need to be patient and let him give me the things that I think I need, the things that I want, because he's my loving father and he knows, right? So focusing in on on being aware, self-aware and focusing in on on waiting on God and pursuing the things of God. I think that's I think that's number one. I think the second thing is this. There really is a conspiracy. Mm -hmm. There really is a conspiracy meant to lead us to destruction and that we really have an opponent who wants to do that and what we need is people who are willing to stand up and speak the truth in love yeah and you need to do that wherever you're at and i think i think there's a couple things here okay we need to realize first off that this is god's word sure that god wrote it and you can stand on its principles and precepts and i think then you have to understand then you need to know god help me to learn it Help me to learn it. Help me to help me to have the, the the focus to learn it. Maybe not like a sunset student or something, but just to learn it, just to read. If a, if in my class I give you an assignment to read Hebrews one, then read Hebrews one. Yeah, for sure. Learn what's in that Absolutely. chapter. Okay, and then and then ask God to use it to change your life, and He'll do that. And when we when we pray and for just abstract stuff. You know, pray something specific. I'm going to pray that here in a minute. I'm going to pray, God, help us to realize that this is your word and that we need to hear it. Help us to learn it. Help us to learn it and then help us to apply it to our lives. 100%. You know, I think it's a good time. You know, we're going to get into it next week. I'm going to put a note right here because now God's going to say, okay, Moses, here's what I'm going to do. And it ain't going to be good. Well, 
and you know if you're looking at 25 it looks pretty it looks pretty bad but what i would remind you is god has already told told israel that their punishment for rejecting him way yeah. back in 14 yeah, I, know. I know was you were going to bodies going to be stacked in the wilderness they're going to forget that they're going to forget that they're only going all they're going to know now is the pain and misery of the bodies are going to see stacked now yep you know, this may be the the the, the last bit of them to be stacked, but they're still going to see them stacked up. That's All right? right, let's pray. Yeah, Father in heaven, thank you so much for for this opportunity we have. Father, I pray, please help us to realize that what we're studying here is your word. Help us to realize, Father, that you wrote it. That these principles and precepts are are things that are powerful and that we can we can bank on. Help us to learn it, Father. Help us to learn it with, with, with every opportunity. Help us to learn it. And then, Father, help us as we learn it to apply it to our lives. Help us to become the people that your son died to make us. Help us to become the people that you envision us to be. Help us to become your children, Father, and help us to become the church and the kingdom that you, that you have set up and established. Father, thank you for the opportunity we have to be a part of this. Bless us, encourage us, lift us up, Father, as we move forward, as we strive to combat the evil one. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.